When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Country Wine and Spirits is San Diego's premier wine and spirits purveyor. They offer unmatched beverage service with competitive pricing and a tradition of upscale service. They provide fine wines, a variety of liquors, spirits, craft and imported beers, imported cigars, and exotic tobacco accessories. Country Wine and Spirits is now available online, and if you use cwspirits.com slash heybartender, you get 5% off your entire order. That's right, 5% off your entire order. Go to cwspirits.com slash heybartender and find your favorite spirit or wine today and get 5% off just by using cwspirits.com slash heybartender. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast, everybody. I am your host for the evening. I am the dude. You can call me Anthony. I'm completely cool with that. How's everybody doing out there? It has been a long week, let me tell you a few things. But uh, we're going to get started uh, with the drink special today. Yeah, I'm uh, stumbling on my words. Usually I get rid of all of that, but I'm just going to let it go. So today I'm going to talk about a drink, uh, today's drink special, which is called the Smackdown. Okay, the Smackdown contains amaretto, cola, pineapple juice, and vodka. How you you make that? You take a pint glass, fill it up with ice. You pour in two ounces of amaretto, one ounce of vodka, fill the rest up with pineapple juice, and top it off with a splash of Coke. Mix it well. Grab that shaker and shake the shit out of it. Or just start with a spoon if you're one of the more classy people out there. That all goes along with what you're own preferences is on how you like to create your drinks. Make that own decision yourself because that's your fingerprint. You are behind the bar. You are in control. You make the drinks the way you want it. Or maybe a couple suggestions from your customers just to keep them happy, of course. But uh, yeah. So uh, if you go out and try that SmackDown, make sure you let me know what you thought of it. Either email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Or you can DM me on any of the social medias, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. All of those are at Hey Bartender Podcast. And remember to share, like, and subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm. And remember, if you want to leave a message for uh, Hey Bartender Podcast, leave it on Anchor.fm. There's a button on my page that says message and you can leave a voice message for Hey Bartender podcast and you never know I might use it for a show coming up. So if you got any questions, you got anything that you want to say, go say it there and you know, let's see if we can have some fun with that. So anyway, on to the show. First thing that I want to bring up um 
Taylor Hawkins, drummer for the Foo Fighters. Now, uh, a lot of you don't know too much about me because I don't talk so much about myself, uh, at least uh, details going way back. But when I was in high school, this was, uh, I, if I would have graduated high school, I would have graduated class in 95. Um, this was when the grunge era was going into full steam. I had Nirvana, Pearl Jam, um, and Metallica's Black Album was dominating the charts. I started playing drums around then because when I was a little kid, my parents had me play piano. And after realizing that my rhythm on the piano was absolutely horrific, they decided, well, let's get him to learn some rhythm and let's get him to start playing the drums. So in high school, I started playing the drums. And soon after that, of course, once you learn how to hit a drum with a stick, you start looking for other thing, you know, other people that you can uh, steal ideas from, so other people that you can emulate. Because when you practice the drums, it's not very interesting. And you sit there with your syncopation book, and you go tap, 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 tap. Maybe practice your paradiddles. Maybe uh, you know, practice your rolls. But you know, because they start you off on one drum, but. Uh, at the time, when I was in high school, I was looking at all the drummers that were available to me. Now, granted, this was pre-YouTube. This was uh, pre-social uh, medias. This was uh, The internet was around, but it wasn't widely used at, uh, to the nth level that it is nowadays. And so there wasn't much that I could do. My, my, uh, we didn't even have MTV in the house. And I don't honestly think I could have learned anything from the drummers on MTV, mostly because most music videos, if a frame or if a shot of any of the musicians lasted longer than three seconds, uh, they the video probably didn't get played. But I came into the era uh, where grunge was coming in, and thank God, because back in the uh, late 80s and early, early 90s, like 1990, maybe part of 91 rap music was uh, big on the scene. You had uh, all the gangster rappers like public enemy, uh, uh, NWA, uh, MC hammer, uh, you know, you, you had all that stuff. And sure. When I started playing the drums, I was just playing along with the beats. Then all of a sudden one day I, you know, I sat down at my drum kit and I started playing along to something and you know, uh, and I all of a sudden stopped and went. The last four songs that I've played have been exactly the same thing. This is ridiculous. And so I put the sticks down and I decided it's time to, for me to branch out. Playing, being a drummer, and listening to rap music is not going to make me a decent musician. It's going to make me a very boring one. Luckily, around this time is when I started making other friends, uh, guys that knew how to play guitar, play bass, and they were into uh, rock and roll or heavy metal or hard rock, all that stuff. And so I started paying attention to what they were listening to. And all of a sudden, it became huge for me. It's like, oh, I can play the drums to that stuff, and I can learn way more. And some of my favorite uh, albums to play to back in the early 90s now 
was uh, you know Billy Joel's greatest hits. Yes, Liberty DeVito is an excellent drummer. Don't come at me. Metallica's Black Album. I learned tons from Lars Ulrich. Uh, you know, once again, don't come at me. There's a lot of people out there that think Lars Ulrich is a crappy drummer, but I learned tons from playing along with the Black Album. Tons le- uh, learning to play along with uh, Master of Puppets and uh, well, uh, all of all of the Metallica albums. I still have trouble playing songs like Battery. Um, I also uh, learned a lot from uh, Nirvana, Dave Grohl, you know, uh, one of the best rock drummers there ever was. And I continued like that for a long time. My, my guitar player would come up to me or my bass player would come up to me and say, hey, learn this song. And then I'll, I started getting more familiar with bands like Danzig or Tool. Or, and then I was playing along with Van Halen because Alex Van Halen was uh, you know, pretty big deal when it came to, uh, came to drummers. But I played and I played and I played for years, all through high school. Uh, then I moved to Seattle for a couple of years. And I, uh, truthfully to my parents, I was just learning, uh, going to school to learn audio production. But really, I was trying to get into the uh, Seattle scene, uh, become uh, join up with the next uh, new grunge band coming up or, you know, uh, be a part of it, be, somehow be a part of all of that. And that's when I ran into musicians that uh, weren't. T- you know, it was it was tough to be around them. You know, uh, sit around the uh, let's let's be a band. Yeah, pass around that joint, and then we sit sit there and talk about how stoned we are for a couple hours. Okay, I I had to walk away from that, and then all of a sudden I get into a band just because I wanted to play. They were uh, and they were terrible and. So I took it as seriously as I possibly could. By this time, I'm getting into classic rock while uh, paying attention to drummers like Keith Moon and Ringo Starr. And I, uh, and I'm, I became friends with this incredible musician. If you want to go see him, his name is John Bolton. Follow him on uh, Facebook. Uh, and uh, he has a band called the Herding Cats. Now, right now, all he does is play covers around Seattle, uh, Kirkland, Redmond area. But he is an incredible drummer, incredible stage presence, and uh, I feel really bad for him that he doesn't play any of his originals because of his original songs were fantastic. And I was really looking forward to being able to say, listen to the radio and go, I know that guy. But I tried, and I tried to get in on the Seattle music scene. Did not work out. And it, then I started running into other musicians that were like, oh, hey, you're a drummer? And I go, yeah, so you should join my band. Okay. Uh, I you know, hike my drum kit without a car uh, all the way over to some house, and we sit down and we play, and they go, okay, I don't have anything finished. And I said, well, let's get to know each other a little bit. What? Uh, what songs do you know? And they go, well, I don't play other people's songs. I only play my own. Uh, I said, well, what do you got? And uh, they said, well, I don't really have anything right now. I've got this. Uh, and then I listen to it and then I go, that's teen spirit backwards. Uh, you know, think of something else. And then he plays something, something else. And I said, okay, I can't play along to that time signature because there isn't one. And, 
so, you know, I, I kept saying no to all these bands just because, you know, they saw that, you know, Seattle's the big music scene right now, so I should go out and buy a guitar. And drummers were always, uh, there weren't enough of them anywhere. And, uh, and if the ones that were around usually were flakes, but by this time, uh, I was, uh, still trying to keep up with the Seattle music scene or the music scene in general. And then all of a sudden the Foo Fighters came along and honestly, 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 I didn't pay too much attention to, uh, the band at first because I, uh, arrogantly thought, well, that's Dave Grohl, the drummer for the uh, drummer for Nirvana, uh, you know, trying to establish a career, uh, you know, writing Nirvana's coattails. It took me until Everlong came out. Uh, I mean, I I'd, I'd heard other songs by the Foo Fighters previous to that, but it took me until Everlong when that came out, and all of a sudden I'm like, this guy is incredible he dave grohl is an incredible guitar player and uh and i thought he was a great drummer and uh you know i i thought okay this this band is incredible and uh so i kind of i i started following them a little bit more and paying attention to things that they were doing and this was still pre-youtube um well, YouTube was maybe just getting started. And so I would listen listen to their music and think uh, that Dave Grohl's probably playing the drums on that. And I could hear Dave Grohl has said on num- numerous occasions that he, uh, he likes to play his guitar like he likes to play the drums. Now, here's my theory on so, uh, some songwriters that uh, I used to talk about it in the bar all the time. I can tell who wrote the song, how the song was written, just by the way the song sounds. Because if you listen to a Neil Diamond song, I'm not knocking Neil Diamond at all, but if you listen to a Neil Diamond song, it sounds like it was written on an acoustic guitar only with an acoustic guitar in mind. The extra uh, instruments were kind of a byproduct. It was just like, just play whatever you want on top of that. And it usually ended up being in my valueless opinion, pretty bland. And, uh, you know, this is one of those moments, people, where I I can talk about music all night long at the bar, and and I'm doing it for you right now. Um, So as I'm listening to the Foo Fighters, I I started wanting to see them to actual perform, and so the only thing that I had available to me at the time was MTV, or VH1. And... Uh, and a lot of the times at the bar, when ESPN went into repeats, um, I would turn it over to VH1 or MTV. And when the Foo Fighters would come up, uh, I at first thought, well, what's wrong with these guys? Because, you know, they their videos were uh, usually pretty elaborate. Uh, just you know, think of the Everlong video and the Learn to Fly video. Pretty elaborate stuff. And honestly, I did not pay much attention to Taylor Hawkins at first, because in the first couple of videos of the Foo Fighters, you really didn't see anything. Uh, but, and plus, besides, that was uh, a different drummer back at the time. But when Taylor Hawkins took over, I had no idea that he used to play uh, with Alanis Morissette live. But it wasn't until, 
oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, uh, I started watching live performances of the Foo Fighters. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching Taylor Hawkins, and I'm like, God damn, he's good. Uh, he's skinny as a rail, but God, those drums sound so fucking powerful. And, you know, he's fast and he's methodic about how he plays. And then I'm watching him play songs by other bands, cover tunes, and he's still, uh, uh, and he's playing as near as he can to Neil Peart. He's uh, doing all this other stuff. But then it impressed me, impressed me to no end that Dave Grohl would give him a moment on the microphone uh, in the live performances. You know, you get on YouTube and you can find him singing, uh, you know, some Led Zeppelin songs on stage. You can find him singing a lot of Queen songs on stage because he was a huge Queen fan. And, uh, and I'm like, dude can sing too. I mean, uh, you know, he, and he has incredible stage presence. And that's not something you see, uh, at least uh, since Ringo, where the band would let the drummer take center stage for a few minutes. I mean, at the Kennedy Center Honors for Led Zeppelin, they introduced the Foo Fighters. They And what do I see? I see Dave Grohl behind the drums, and uh, Taylor Hawkins is taking center stage and singing. And I'm like, holy shit, that is so cool. And, uh, you know, I, maybe it's Dave Grohl, you know, you know, giving the drummer a chance since the drummer sits all the way in the back. Drummers can disappear easily. You know, you don't, you don't see them or you, they're easily forgettable. But Taylor Hawkins is not forgettable. And seeing all the interviews, because ever since uh, I got news that he passed away, I've been looking for interviews with this guy. I've been uh, wanting to listen to him talk. I wanted to, and all of a sudden I started listening to other people talk about him. And everybody got, has incredibly nice things to say. Whenever he was doing an interview, he was always very cool. And just to see him get slightly annoyed that... Dave Grohl would call him the best motherfucking drummer on the face of the planet. He, and him trying to deflect that by saying, no, Dave is the best motherfucking drummer on the face of the planet. It, to me is hilarious. Cocktail caviar is one of a kind versatile and can easily be added to classic cocktails, boba tea shots, punch fruit platters, cheesecakes, whatever they are flavored spheres that pop in your mouth that are infused with a variety of flavors and a little bit of alcohol. So if you want to give them a try and experiment a little with a little bit of food or one of your favorite cocktails, go to cwspirits.com and go check out the four different flavors. They've got raspberry, blueberry, and wildflower, raspberry, and lychee. You can either buy one of those flavors or you can buy the whole set for a discount price. Just remember to go to cwspirits.com dot com use promo code hey bartender five when you complete your order and get five percent off your entire order hey bartender and of course i did run into the occasional interview and things like that where 
uh, Taylor Hawkins, you know, he found out that Dave did some overdubs of his drum work after he worked all night with it and uh, all of a sudden find out Dave did some overdubs and he goes, what, am I not good enough? And they're, everybody's saying, no, you are awesome. Just Dave knows how to work in a recording studio because uh, as I told, like I told you, I studied audio engineering and when it comes to audio, uh, when these uh, goofball producers nowadays, they're constantly looking for the perfect sound. It's not the perfect take anymore. It's the perfect sound. And so if you hit the snare drum in the right spot, then they copy and paste that to wherever there needs to be a snare drum. Or, you know, if the fill was good on take three, we'll move it. Uh, we'll move that into the master recording. And everybody's, and it's just a headache. Uh, the way I see the, uh, how music is produced nowadays, it's, you know, they don't really have to practice anymore. They just have to get kind of close to what they wanted, do about four or five versions of it, and then they cut and paste to make it the perfect take. So maybe in one take, Taylor Hawkins didn't hit dead center in the snare drum or whatever. Uh, but, you know, he he was, you know, hey, this is my work too. I'm part of the Foo Fighters. And everybody was like, you are not wrong, uh, you know, and completely talked him up to make sure that he didn't all of a sudden say, screw you guys, I'm going home. I mean, being a drummer, it it's difficult. In the music industry nowadays, they it, there's so much cut and splicing going on, and you can't move around and interact with the audience like the guitar players or uh, or the lead singer. The keyboard player probably has the same problem. In fact, I keep forgetting that the Foo Fighters have a keyboard player, uh, and uh, when I watched uh, Studio 666 this couple weeks ago, before Taylor Hawkins died, um, which really depresses me right now, but if you haven't seen it, but uh, no spoilers. Um, after uh, seeing Studio 666, I'm like, oh yeah, they do have a keyboard player. And, you know, easily uh, drummers and uh, and people that are the back musicians, they're easily forgotten about. But Dave Grohl, uh, you know, the brotherhood of between them, uh, Dave Grohl made sure to put him up front and center every once in a while, you know, couple, maybe once or twice during a concert. And the scariest thing that I uh, really admired about Taylor Hawkins was back when uh, everybody remembered the story when Dave Grohl fell off the stage and broke his leg. And uh, Dave Grohl gets on the microphone and he says, okay, everybody, I just broke my motherfucking leg. So, Taylor Hawkins, it's up to you. You got to do it. You got to give these guys a show. And, uh, you know, they hauled Dave off uh, to go get his uh, get his leg checked and stuff like that. And Taylor Hawkins, there might have been, there, there's no proof of any conversation, after, you know, in between. But Taylor Hawkins actually took over the show. He act, walks over to the microphone and says, okay, Dave just broke his leg. He's probably going to the hospital right now. So... We're just going to play some songs. This is going to be like a party. Uh, we're just going to play some party songs. This is not a Foo Fighters concert, but we're just going to play some songs for you guys, uh, just so you know, we uh, just so you get the show that you paid for. 
which I think that a lot of people got reimbursed for those tickets and the Foo Fighters had to come back eventually. And immediately, Taylor Hawkins jumps on the drum kit, takes a microphone, and they start playing party songs. Well, uh, I think the only footage that I saw is they started playing Under Pressure uh, by Queen and because Taylor Hawkins is a huge, huge Queen fan. And uh, then eventually, as they're doing it, uh, Dave Grohl comes back up on stage. They put him in a chair. They've got the doctor holding his leg to make sure it doesn't fall apart underneath him. And, you know, Taylor Hawkins, you know, starts screaming and, yeah, he's back. But the fact that Taylor Hawkins had the balls to understand this is for the fans. We've got to give them something. Let's just do what we can. And let, uh, let's give them a show because that's what they paid for. That's what they came to see. It, that would scare the living shit out of me. You know, all of a sudden, the front man of the band that I'm in turned to me and says, you got to do the show. It, uh, I can't do it now. It's up to you. You've got to do it. it. That would scare the living shit out of me. It was like, what are you talking about? They, this, they came to see the Foo Fighters. And, you know, without you, Dave Grohl, we're not the Foo Fighters. And, you know, Dave Grohl, you know, prob, you know uh, he would probably have said, no, what are you kidding? You guys are the Foo Fighters. You know, but I'm just speculating. But it was probably... A little over a month ago, I'm watching all this footage of the Foo Fighters and I'm watching like a Guitar Center uh, video of Taylor Hawkins talking about playing the drums. And I even watched on YouTube a master class of uh, Taylor Hawkins explaining how he plays the drums, how he learned how to play the drums. And, you know, it wasn't practicing like in it wasn't just practicing your paradiddles like I used to or sitting with a syncopation book, but he would sit there with albums, listening to him on his headset while playing along with him. And he listened to, honestly, he listened to better uh, drummers than I did. Yes, I I already told you that uh, some of my drum heroes, like Liberty DeVito, uh, Ringo Starr, Keith Moon, uh, Lars Ulrich, but uh, he was listening to stuff like uh, The Police, or Toto, or in... Up until he said that, all of a sudden I was like, well, what's so great about those bands? Let me listen. My sister was a big fan of Police and Sting, so I already knew about them. But Toto I never really gave a chance to because that was AM radio when I was growing up. But he starts breaking down all these drum beats, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And he's talking about his influences, and he's talking about all the people that, all the drummers that he emulated when he was a lot younger and uh as i'm watching this stuff i'm sitting there thinking to myself where were you when i was learning how to play the drums in high school because he would have been near the top of my list of drummers to emulate now i could i could say dave grohl Uh, my band in high school we did play smells like teen spirit and but uh like I said before, a lot of the songs that Nirvana wrote were very, very, very guitar based, and you know, and I truthfully I wasn't really into punk drumming at the time, but uh, I was sitting there going, sitting there going, where was Taylor Hawkins 
when I was looking for drummers to emulate, to look up towards, because I had a hard time looking up to the drummer for tool. I had a hard, you know, you know, and some of you people out there are probably big tool fans. And I, I apologize for that. But honestly, my bass player wanted to play uh Tool's song sober. And I hated that song. Honestly, I hated that with both feet. But, and, uh, and I started thinking about other drummers to look up towards nowadays. Uh, like I said, drummers get thrown by the wayside. And you do have great drummers out there in this day and age, but they're getting on in years. And they're, you know, they're drummers from the 90s. You don't really hear about drummers uh, that in the last, let's give it 10, 10 years. I mean, in the early 2000s, yeah, you had Travis Barker. And uh, that was a big name in drumming. But um, a lot of the drummers that are out nowadays, you don't really know. Of course, rock and roll isn't really played as much as anything else nowadays. You've got, uh, you know, uh, you don't really have bands anymore. And there's probably out people out there that would that are probably ready to send me a message saying, well, you got this band, that band, that let's face it, they're not getting the airplay that they deserve. They're not showing up on the pop stations. They're not showing up on the uh, rock stations. And a majority of the stuff that are on the current rock stations are, you know, 10, 15 years old. And, you know, they're still out there trucking along, but you don't hear about great drummers anymore. And I, then all of a sudden I run into Taylor Hawkins and I was just like, if I could go back to high school and start emulating another drummer other than trying to uh, learn like uh, the drum part to Metallica's one, uh, I probably would be trying to emulate a lot of the drum rhythms that came out of the Foo Fighters because of Taylor Hawkins. It's always It, it always hits pretty hard when you see people... Uh, pass away like that it's um you know you're sitting in your bar and then you hear about that your uh one of your customers is never going to come back in again you're uh never going to see anything new come from anybody uh from one person just because they passed away and uh it you know it, it was heartbreaking for me to hear that taylor hawkins passed away and I feel I can't under uh no I can't under uh sit back and try to understand what kind of pain Dave Grohl is going through right now because this is the second best friend brother in arms in music that he has lost and uh it it's got to be hard for him and the rest of the band uh my heart goes out to them uh Taylor Hawkins uh I hope that cartoon that I saw about uh, that that I saw go across Instagram, where you're standing up, uh, you get to heaven, and you run into Kurt Cobain, and Cobain says, "Hey, Dave's told me a lot about you. I would love, I love the idea of that, and that that just puts a smile on my face when I think about it." So, as a favor to me. Uh, as a favor to the Foo Fighters, anybody who was a fan of the Foo Fighters, I would just like to ask anybody who listens to this podcast, when you're working behind the bar, leave one out. 
I don't know what they drank other than champagne and chicken, but um, leave one out for Taylor Hawkins. And if anybody should happen to run in, uh, run into Dave Grohl, he'll have no idea. He'll probably be very confused. Um, uh, tell tell him, hey bartender, podcast uh, sends sends their deepest condolences. Well, that's all I have to say about that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for letting me rant for a little bit about that. Um, so let's just go into last call right now. Last call for alcohol, people. Uh, if you put songs in the jukebox, odds are you're not going to hear all, all of them, if any, because we're all closing in a few minutes. Um, big thanks to Laura Hope and the Arctones for uh, allowing me to use Dr. Bartender as their theme song. Make sure to check them out on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you, uh, wherever you download music. Huge thanks to Taylor Hawkins for uh, help bringing the music and bringing drummers forward a little bit more. And finally, idrink.com for giving me the recipe for SmackDown, whether they know it or not. Remember to share, like, and subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, you can find me on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts. You can find me on Spotify. You can most of the major, uh, most of the major podcast outlets. Anchor.fm. If you want to leave me a message, a voice message, I would love to hear it. Uh, just go over to anchor.fm, search out Hey Bartender Podcast, or you can just follow the link that I've got posted constantly all over Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and leave me a message. I'd love to hear from you guys. Send me an email, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or just DM me uh, a message or something like that on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of them at Hey Bartender Podcast. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, remember to check out Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, follow me and uh, find out when the new episodes are. Visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com. You can listen to the new episodes there, and you can also check out some uh, of the Hey Bartender Podcast swag. I got T-shirts. I got challenge coins. Go check it out. You'll you'll like it. Also, don't forget to visit cwspirits.com. That's Country Wine and Spirits. If you go to cwspirits.com and you find something you like on there, buy it, use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 to get 5% off your entire order. That Yes, 5%, it is a great deal. Go check it out. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here.